Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about celiac disease in children. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerodefinals.com slash celiac disease or in the gastroenterology section of the Zero to Finals pediatrics book. So let's get straight into it. Celiac disease is an autoimmune condition where exposure to gluten in food products causes an immune reaction that creates inflammation in the small intestine. It usually develops in early childhood, but it can start at any age. In celiac disease, autoantibodies are created in response to exposure to gluten. These autoantibodies target the epithelial cells of the intestine and lead to inflammation. There are two antibodies to remember, anti-tissue transglutaminase or anti-TTG and anti-endomysial or anti-EMA antibodies. These antibodies correlate with disease activity and will rise with more disease and then disappear with effective treatment. Inflammation affects the small bowel, particularly the jejunum. It causes atrophy of the intestinal villi. The intestinal cells have villi on them that help with absorbing nutrients from the food passing through the intestine. The inflammation causes malabsorption of nutrients and disease-related symptoms. So how does it present? Well, celiac disease is often asymptomatic, so have a low threshold for testing for celiac disease in patients where it's suspected. Symptoms can include failure to thrive in young children, diarrhea, fatigue, weight loss, mouth ulcers, anemia due to iron, B12 or folate deficiency, and a rash called dermatitis herpetiformis, which is an itchy, blistering rash that appears typically on the abdomen. Rarely, celiac disease can present with neurological symptoms of peripheral neuropathy, cerebellate ataxia, and epilepsy. A quick Tom tip for you, remember that we test all patients with a new diagnosis of type 1 diabetes for celiac disease, even if they don't have symptoms, because the conditions are often linked. There are two genetic associations with celiac disease, and this is the HLA-DQ2 gene, which is present in about 90% of patients, and also the HLA-DQ8 gene. There are some key autoantibodies that you need to remember. Anti-tissue transglutaminase antibodies, or anti-TTG. Anti-endomysial antibodies, or anti-EMA and anti-deaminated gliadin peptides antibodies, or anti-DGPs. A quick Tom tip, anti-TTG and anti-EMA antibodies are types of immunoglobulin A, or IgA. Some patients have an IgA deficiency, so when you test for these antibodies, it's important to test for total immunoglobulin A levels, because if total IgA is low, the celiac test will be negative even if the patient has the condition. In this circumstance, you can test for the IgG version of the anti-TTG or anti-EMA antibodies, or you can do an endoscopy with biopsies to establish a diagnosis. Which brings us on to establishing the diagnosis. Investigations must be carried out while the patient remains on a diet that contains gluten. Otherwise, it may not be possible to detect the antibodies or the inflammation in the bowel. 
Check the total immunoglobulin A levels to exclude an IgA deficiency before checking the celiac disease-specific antibodies. In celiac disease, you would expect raised anti-TTG antibodies, and this is the first choice of test. You'd also expect raised anti-endomysial antibodies. You can do an endoscopy and intestinal biopsy, which will show crypt hypertrophy and villus atrophy. And these are two key findings to spot in your exams. There's a few associations with celiac disease, type 1 diabetes, thyroid disease, autoimmune hepatitis, primary biliary cirrhosis, primary sclerosing cholangitis, and Down syndrome. There's a few key complications of untreated celiac disease, and these are vitamin deficiency, anemia, osteoporosis, ulcerative jejunitis, enteropathy-associated T-cell lymphoma of the intestine, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and small bowel adenocarcinoma, which is rare. Let's talk about treatment. A lifelong gluten-free diet is essentially curative of the condition. Relapse will occur if the patient starts consuming gluten again. Checking celiac antibodies can be helpful in monitoring the disease as the antibodies will increase with increased disease activity and will disappear if effectively treated. So thanks for listening to this episode on celiac disease. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. If you found the podcast helpful and you want written notes on this topic and all the other topics, head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals Pediatrics book. You can also find a full audiobook version of all the Zero to Finals books on Audible. And you can find notes, videos, illustrations and questions completely free on the Zero to Finals website at zerodefinals.com. And I hope you tune in to the next episode where we'll talk about inflammatory bowel disease.